Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size Podcast. We're here to look at the return to the Champions League. Big 4-0 victory after six long years against PSV at the Emirates on Wednesday night, I want to say. Yeah, and Wednesday. then and then I'm obviously FPL Nima, joined with co-host Clayton at Clayton's AFC on Twitter. And we're also going to preview the big North London derby this Sunday. So two very exciting topics to sink our teeth into this morning. Happy Friday to you all. Uh, shout out to Hassan in the chat as well. Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Hey, mate. And yeah, how, how was it, Clayton? How was it being at the Emirates uh, after all these long years? Just w- w- Did he hear the music? How did he react? Like, uh, It was so good, man. I think obviously I was, as soon as we kind of put Everton away the other day, I, my mind just went straight into Wednesday. And obviously I've been had like Spurs in the back of my mind all week. But just the PSV game Wednesday was for, forefront of my mind. And uh, it was just one of those at work, like you're kind of buzzing all day, you can't wait, you're kind of consuming content around it hearing the champions league songs you watch some of the games on tuesday that whets the appetite and uh it was just such a perfect night like went straight from work to the game uh, met a couple of friends for a few drinks and i never do this but i literally went into the ground like so early i'm always in the pubs around the corner and stuff pre-drinking kind of getting the sing songs going and i, ju- I just wanted to be inside the ground i didn't want anything to potentially make me miss any of the pre-match stuff. And even like, I'm usually like one of the last guys in their seat sort of thing. Like I'll literally get in like two minutes before kickoff. Whereas I think I was in my seat like 20 minutes before. Like usually I'm in, so block six, which is where the North Bank is for people that don't know. And there's a few people there that really get a sing-song going like every match pre-game uh, in the concourse. And like, I love going and being in and, in and around that. It's just such good vibes. And uh, even that, I left that at like half seven to go to my seat for an eight o'clock kickoff. I never do that. And then obviously you get to your seat and it's just in general, the vibes were just amazing. And uh, like there was one specific moment I'll get onto it. I was like, oh shit, yeah, this is sick. Um, but so like kind of got into my seat. Uh, vibes were good. Like stadiums looking full. Um, and I think because everyone had like the same mindset of just getting your seat early and kind of soak it all in sort of thing. And uh, then the Angel played. Obviously, they played that earlier because they can't play that as the last song before the kickoff. It has to be the anthem, right? So the Angel starts, the whole stadium singing out, the vibes are good. And then the players come out and they're lining up, right? And the Champions League, like they're, they're waving the Champions League flag thing in the center circle and it's like you're starting to get goosebumps and then the music hits yeah and the whole stadium just cheered and it was fucking sick it was just like one of those where you you know you're excited to hear it for the first time after so long but it was just like there was a 0.5 seconds where you hit a (laughs) and then it was just a way and it was it sounded like a massive roar on the tv at home is that how it came across yeah, it was like once the kind of the song ended, it was just like this huge roar and applause, and um, it just felt like a cauldron. Yeah, that's what it was. It, I think for me, it wasn't even like the roar was quality. There was just something about when the song initially started and everyone cheered, and then you kind of carried on with the rest of it. And then, like you say, that roar, and yeah, the atmosphere, like it, it was a cauldron, like in periods, obviously, when you're in a game state like we were, where it's quite comfortable, obviously, you're not going to kind of go. Um, like full guns blazing as a crowd sort of thing but uh yeah it was so good and obviously the performance kind of matched it as well right it was it was just so nice seeing like Bukayo Saka have space to 
attack and not be trebled up on and just seeing the team actually give us space to yeah kind of do our thing which we've not really had in a while but um yeah such a good night uh amazing performance just yeah i thought do you know what? i'm not going to be debbie down i was just gonna say i thought there was a few moments where we didn't look our our best defensively and i think better opposition could have got at us but they didn't right and i think it's one of those we probably were aware of their threat in in what they could do to us but it, we just knew our strength and depth and our quality and um it shone through and of course it had to be saka to kind of take us i get couldn't our... believe the early goal it was like it's almost like the marketing team were being given their <laughs> ultimate dream it's like it's like i heard someone else say that on do this. yeah I think it was, yeah, because that's where I got it from. I think it was, um, is it James Gunnerblog or Arsblog? What, one of these sure, guys I can't were like, remember. Yeah, they were, they were kind of like, oh, you know, like, it's almost like it was scripted in a way. It's like they've been told, make sure it's Saka who scores so that we can talk about our academy kid who's brought us from the dumps of four or five years ago to where we are now. He's been there through the whole journey, right? Like, I think when he's, if he starts, which I'm sure he will on Sunday, it will be, I think, his 86th consecutive Premier League yeah, appearance, nuts. which is by far the longest of anyone in the division. Like, I think the next player is on like 67. It's the most of any Arsenal player ever in our history. The guy just turned 22. This is insane. I, know. I think for me, that's what I tweeted as well. Like, it was so fitting where, like, when he came into the first team, obviously. He was a he was a baby, but he was a man at the same time in the sense of like his consistency and how much he was coming up in the clutch moments. It was in a really disorientated team tactically and personality wise, and he just carried the team on his back. Obviously, there was that tweet that he everyone was kind of retweeting doing the rounds this week, where I think it was like December twenty twenty. He tweeted like, "You deserve better, Arsenal fans," and like the fact that it was him, where he's just been the ever present in this journey of taking us from the depths of like mid a mid table premier league team slowly getting back to europe's elite where we're now the fourth favorite to win the fucking champions league like and the the fact that it was it is yeah like it's sometimes just fate and um even mm. odegaard balling out like everyone was just it was a the whole front watch. four got a goal like of the starting front four all of them like got a goal. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so the good. perfect evening, and he, yeah, some early subs as well, right? But like, even yeah. like when you look at it, like every single person that you think will start on the weekend got subbed around sixty minutes. In. Yeah, I know, and but that's what I said in a. I can't remember what pod. It was either our one or like a Planet FPL one I did. But people were asking me, how do I think Arteta will rotate? And I was like, I don't think he will. I think he'll go strong, and I think he'll look to kind of get the. Uh, get the goals on the board and then look to flex the muscles of the squad. And like, even when Smith throw, oh, this was class when they, um, cause obviously we're in a comfortable winning game state and um, you see him get summoned to the bench and the whole crowd just started cheering. And, um, and then everyone's singing the Saka and Smith row chant. And the, the vibes were just, I feel like because of the opposition we've played this season, we've not been able to have vibes other than obviously United's winner. But I mean, like generally, I don't think we've been able to just kind of coast through a game yet. And this was one where it was like, we were able to just coast. Like we were comfortably the better team. We were creating chances, scoring goals. And then you kind of just get the champagne football to enjoy it. Uh, what a fucking night, man. And then I got, I don't know if you, like the rain came across on the telly, but 
I don't think I've ever been soaked like that at a football game in my life. It was like I had four layers on, and I was like my boxers were absolutely oh, dressed. My, <laughs> my poor journey home <laughs> with everyone else in the same situation, steamy train home, like God. yeah, but wouldn't like, it was it worth work. it though. But exactly, it was worth it. My jeans For are me. still on the fucking drying rack drying. It's Friday afternoon, and it's like yeah, it's been. How did the line? I'm just trying to think of the predict because obviously on the Wednesday we did the review of last weekend's game and we predicted our lineups and score lines for um, the Champions League, right? And I'm trying to think um, if there was anyone that started that we didn't expect, I guess. So, Havertz, I think we both got Ramsdale wrong. Yeah, and so we got the Ramsdale have... wrong. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Ramsdale wrong. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting one. So, that's uh... worth talking about. Because, yeah, so there was the Raya piece. And Zinchenko, I think I'd said that I thought he would start but be subbed early. Same. Yeah, so, so I think we were so we were probably. On I the did same throw out there. about the Tomiyasu potential, but I think in my predicted lineup for that fan hub app, I put Zinchenko. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think I'd said I think when you made that point, I was like maybe Tommy comes in to like close out the game. Yeah. We were talking about how he's generally been quite a good first sub. Um, it's a bit different to bring you on holding to keep a lead. Bringing on Tomiyasu to hold the lead does feel a bit better. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole different type of uh, level to our game now, but. Having Jesus starts, I think the two players I really want to talk about He's a joke, in the North London derby is Raya and Jesus. Because those two, I think, they're the two that we've not seen so much of this season, right? Like Jesus yeah. has been slowly been creeping back in. Um, and then also, obviously, Havertz, I do want to talk about a little bit because he played two different roles in the game. Yep. And I thought that was interesting as well. Um, I think it was probably one of his better games for us, um, including yeah, the Community Shield. I would say this one was when he went to the second half to like the striker position, I felt like he was finding some really good like half space runs and he, he was getting into good positions, but you could still see that lack of confidence. I yeah. felt like he was passing off the ball at times when he could have maybe tried a shot. And then Odegaard's the total opposite, right? Yeah. He's now the guy who like just takes the oh, game we've not, of the neck. We haven't so even bloody shots. acknowledged that. He signed his contract. Like, oh, yeah, five years. Yeah, Another elite social media video from the social media team. Had me They're having a good tears a little bit. There. Yeah. But, um, so, that's yeah let's talk about Raya, well. Jesus, and then Odegaard, I think. And then we can preview the North London. I think those three players I'd be really keen to discuss from the Champions League perspective. Um, so do you want to start with Raya? Because obviously we both thought Ramsdale might start. Yeah. Because then Ramsdale would start the North London derby. So, But now there's a few question marks, right? So the first question mark is, did Raya start in the league so he wouldn't go and call to the Champions League and he's going to play Champions League? Or did he play Champions League to build up that momentum with the squad? Because he's not played since May and he had no preseason either. Was he building up with the squad so he will still be starting next weekend? And he is now gonna play i know your view is we will rotate the keepers more often than well, just having a number one but what are you thinking before, after these last two yeah, games yeah i think for me it's quite clear that i mean i still think every now and then there will be the odd rotation but a lot like i think for me it's quite clear arteta kind of trusts and rates not trusts that's hard because he's not been here long but he rates raya better than rams though i think and um I, to be honest i'm the same like i'm unapologetically in the camp of, I believe, Raya is a better goalkeeper for this Arsenal football club than Aaron Ramsdale. And like, I'm unapologetic in that. I've been consistent in my critique of Ramsdale for a period in time. And like, I don't think he's a bad keeper. I just thought personally it's uh, an area that we could 
get a lot more out of. And it's little things like when a shot goes into Raya, he never punches it, he's catching it. And then as a result, you can circulate and build again. Ramsdale punches it out. And this isn't shitting on Ramsdale, it's just to illustrate why I believe Raya is better suited for us in this moment. And why he's uh, sure, taken that for, spot. Yeah. For what it's worth, I don't think Raya was as flawless as what people were making out the other day. Like I thought he, he booted the ball out a couple of times. Um, yeah, he, he wasn't perfect, but I just... Yeah, I didn't easy. notice that. There was a lot of kind of like just kick-outs for throw-ins to the yeah, opposition. It did happen it, a few times. It's, it's just the subtle differences. In, it's like in possession, he will do that kind of thing where he just stands on the ball and he'll wait. He'll let the opposition move. Like kind of how Brighton play chicken with the opposition, I like to say. He'll do that. And then you get overloads. You get numerical advantage in in zones as a result Ramsdale looks to punch it quicker and more urgently sort of thing and I just think if you look at the the theme of control Raya gives you more control than Ramsdale in my opinion and I think for me personally it's quite clear where Arteta's at and I think Ramsdale will still get like I don't think it's going to be a Premier League versus cup keeper sort of thing I just think Raya's the guy that Arteta thinks gives us what he wants right now what about you where are you at on it so people talk about ruthlessness and like I'm almost a bit surprised by people being surprised at Arteta's ruthlessness. He's been like this from day one. Yeah. Like he's always been ruthless. He came in and he got rid of the players that he didn't think were right or weren't fully committed, right? Um, when you're in a situation like us, right, you just said we were like on the odds with four favourites for the UCL. When you're at that level, when you pushed Man City in the Prem last season, you can't just kind of wait for players to reach yeah. their ceiling two, three years from now. Like, like This is what I've been yeah. saying for the last year. Like Ramsdale's ceiling and potential is different to the reality and what he is right now. Yeah. And I think we said this before the preview. Obviously, we thought Ramsdale would start. But one of the things we discussed on Wednesday's pod was we were talking about the idea that Ramsdale was an improvement in ball-playing ability on Leno and Martinez and these guys. But ultimately, now it feels like Raya's an improvement. And it's just that that marginal improvement in the position, if the rest of the 11 looks pretty, like, solid, you can't underestimate the impact it has overall on the rest of the team. And we're, we're in a world now where there are goalkeepers getting more touches than centre forwards in games not Gabriel Jesus he's everywhere but if you look at other teams like you look at like Edison he's going to be getting more touches than Haaland in a game Yeah, a lot of these teams that play out from the back and possession based teams they're going like you know Onana we, we talked about how when we played them he made like 70 passes um, <laughs> there are teams where the striker gets 10 to 20 touches and like yeah. two, three of them are a goal. Sure. But it all starts from the goalkeeper. And I think we're in an era now where I've seen some lower league matches recently where like non-league English teams. And you can see that this kind of Pep Guardiola era of coming to the Prem is, is impacting the wider grassroots of English football. Like there yeah. are lower league, non-league teams. You see Sunday league teams way. trying it. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I mean. So now everyone's playing from the back. Goalkeepers have to be good technically as much as a midfielder, for example. They're no longer just players who are good with their hands to save the goal. So it's just a different era. And I think from me, like I know Raya, one thing I've read, and I wonder what you think about this is, if you look at all the shots that people are trying to take at him, they're all top bins. So they right. so because you can see I don't know if you saw the T squad photo 
uh, Raya looked a bit shorter than Ramsdale. Okay. And I think what teams are doing is they're going for like, they, I think they feel that he's a good keeper. So they try to go for the perfect precision of the top yeah. corners against him because they're worried that if they go for anything closer to him, he's too good and he'll get it. So okay. they're trying to go for these top corner shots, but the odds go down significantly when you're trying to get top bins. Yeah. So it's almost like they're going for his one weakness, his height, but it reduces the quality of the chance because you've got to be pretty damn good to place it. And if you look at last season when we played them, uh, Brentford, Vieira's goal was that, top bin. Yeah, so if you look true. at a lot of the goals Raya concedes, they are top bins, like ones that no keeper could potentially save. So yeah. that's quite something I thought was quite interesting for me just to keep an eye on. Like, will teams continue to try that, basically? Will they? Is that generally how opponents will score against us? Like, outside-the-box shot into the top bins? And that's is what that we like as a team. Like, yeah, we reduce teams to outside-of-the-box shots more often than not. So that will be interesting to keep an eye on. But, um, yeah, I just yeah, think shot-stopping-wise as well, Ramsdale is pretty like i know people will say oh he's made all these big saves and stuff which he has but he's also been at fault for a lot of goals where he should have done better and statistically he's not great sort of thing so um yeah i'm i'm chill I, with it personally i think let's go to um jesus but before that i just want to read this quote that i sent you from um alex crook and there's been a lot of talk about ramsey and raya on the timeline um the view is i saw an interview with raya when he was asked about like how he like about starting the ucl and he basically said, like, look, like, you, it's the manager's decision. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> and then he was just like, you know, like, I don't know who the manager will pick for Sunday. And yeah. he said, that's fine. And he said, this, and he said, this might be the first time that you have two top quality goalkeepers at the same club. And he said, and we will both basically fight. And he just said, like, and if Aaron gets in the team, he will need to do his best for the, to make sure the team wins and does the best for the team. So yeah, that's his mentality that. was so elite. But I now know what. Yeah, so right, right, it was like he had that elite mentality. But then now it's come out in the media from like John Cross and Alice Crook, as I mentioned, that Ramsdale is basically like ready to try and fight and win his place yeah, back. And tell. he's, he's not worried about his decision for the future. He's not like suddenly thinking, oh, I need to leave Arsenal. I'm no longer number one. He wants to fight. He'll go up a level. Like he, he's that. He's this is a guy that's kind of fucking come through like back to back relegations for God's sake. Like he he's up there mentally. He's yeah, he's good. So I so think that's good to see because people's benefit. view was it won't last more than one season. People yeah. viewed that one of the two will leave, whoever ultimately doesn't end up being number one. But it'll be interesting to see if Arsenal can become like one of the first clubs who going into next season. Imagine they both stay and they both continue competing yeah. like, and they both continue getting better. Because we just want competition in every position, right? That's what Arteta's whole philosophy is. Like, no one space is secure. So that ruthlessness I like. And I think we need to change the way we think about goalkeepers. Um, but yeah, just Jesus then, because obviously it was his <laughs> first start. And we missed him, man. He, uh, I forget every time he's been out for a while. I forget just how much I love this guy. Like, he See, changed our I don't. Like, when I he hate changed people. our club. Yeah, he, when like, I he hear people saying history. about, like, people get far too... I think even, like, you asked last week, like, will Nketiah get minutes? And I was like, no. Like, <laughs> Jesus is, like, a level... He's unbelievable in what he does for everything else around him. Like, I've said this before, and, like, it probably sounds a bit 
exaggerated, but like I genuinely believe it. I don't think there's many centre forwards in world football that suit the style of football we want to play. Like he is absolutely tailor-made glove fit for this system and what we want out of our wingers, our offensive midfielders, even defensively for what he does. Like he's a joke. He is absolutely ridiculous and like. Yeah, he just elevates everything. So it gives us that level of unpredictability as well, where mm. he would just kind of he'll have the ball, he'll deadpan straight at you, and you'll drop a shoulder and he's gone. And he finds two yards. And like, yeah, there was that one way he found a couple of yards for himself. Keeper made a good but very camera save, kind of diving to his left. And um, yeah, he, he's just he's so fucking good. And if he can stay fit, holy shit, like that takes this whole team to another dynamic. Yeah, I think he's um, his goal as well was so very well taken. Um, I, I was honestly so impressed. It's just he makes it look like FIFA. He I makes think it's it because before so that, easy. he missed like he just completely missed the ball with a chance, didn't he? That was the one where he just completely, yeah, because that could have been a nice goal for him there as well. But um, I think with Jesus, um, obviously, we talk about the fact that he's underperformed his like expected goals over a long stretch of years, like going all the way back to Man City. But he does have a great Champions League record. Yeah, so if, yeah, we always see his Premier League numbers, he's underperformed. But Champions League, he's generally been quite good in that tournament. So I'm, I'm keen to see, obviously, we talk about we have a young squad and not a lot of them have kind of experienced these big, you know, midweek Champions League nights. But we do have about five or six players in that squad who have played Champions League. You've got the likes of Zinchenko, Jesus, <laughs> Jorginho, Havertz has scored the winner. You know, like, yeah. I think Jorginho got player of the tournament the year Chelsea won. Not sure. And he came third. When, year, I think it was, third, it was when he came third in Ballon d'Or. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, we do have some players in this squad who have played at this level. Like, it's not just completely new to us, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think, think we were, I, I was a bit nervous about would Champions League be like embarrassing? Because, you know, towards the end of the last years we were in it, there were definitely some very embarrassing results for us. Yeah, this is why I I will never get on board with that narrative because I think it's incomparable. Like the whole football club is different. Like I, I literally look at it as like this. There's like Arsenal version one and Arsenal version two. They're two completely different institutions. And even footballing wise, like there is, I think when people say, "Oh, they might be inexperienced in the Champions League," it's like I don't know where this thing comes from that. It's like you have to have played in the Champions League to do well in the Champions League. It's like they're professional football players. Like they've played at the highest level internationally. Like they play the best teams in England. Like I don't know where this thing comes from. Like if you're good at football, you will be good at football. If they don't do well against other teams in the Champions League, it's because the other teams are better, in my opinion. It's not because, mm. oh, they lack Champions League experience. Like, I, don't, I don't really get that, where that comes from. I think it gets like late. Uh, yeah, but, but I, w- I would say that I would argue that if you put Champions League aside, I would say we aren't very experienced in cup competitions in general because we've been going out very early for a few years now. Yeah. Like, bar that 2020 win that, in the first half season. That's more what I can get yeah. on board with. Though. Like the psychology of, yeah, like cup, cup competitions in general, it's a different state of play. And it's a different... It's, well, once you get to knockouts as well, right, it's that idea that like it's two legs, um, and anything can happen. Yeah, you manage so a tie like, differently. Yeah, of yeah. So you need, and and I, I'm not sure we've like managed games in that way since 2020 when we were. Yeah. Now we've had one-off games like Community Shields where we've won a few times, and 
but bar that late FA Cup run in 2020, it's been three years and like yeah. we've this is what I think this far. I think this group will shock a lot of people. Like, I don't think the outside clock how psychologically strong this group mm. are, and I think like the title thing last year will play a big effect. Like you, you saw how they bounced back from when we didn't make the top four. Like this team, especially with like the addition of people like Declan Rice and. Uh, yeah, I know he's not available at the minute, but I didn't even but... mention him. He's a European champion himself. <laughs> yeah, Dan's in the chat. He'll like that. The fact um, that we didn't have to mention him when we talk about the UCL just shows like what a Rolls Royce we have. Two Rolls Royces in him and uh, Saliba. Like I feel yeah. so assured knowing those two are there. Like I just, yeah, I like, just they're so good. Like just as athletes, forget like just even if you forget the football side, just as athletes and pure physical specimen, like. I look at them and I'm like, these guys are incredible. Like they are so strong, so gifted, um, and just they—they they both seem so like they got—they're kind of very humble guys. I feel like they're hungry. They always want to learn. They're yeah. not too big for their boots, uh, as Stormzy would say. So yeah, um, I think let's quickly talk about Kai Havertz and then we'll preview the game. Um, so yeah, what, what were your thoughts? Um, just we'll do this quick fire because. I'm sure we'll discuss him in the predictions for the North London yeah. derby. But do you think he did enough, I guess, is the main question to lead with, to start on Sunday? Or nope. do you think Vieira will start ahead of him? I think Vieira should and will start ahead of him, personally. Okay. And uh, is there anyone Havertz else was... that could? Is there anyone else? Is there Smith-Rowe too soon? Still needs to do more? Yeah. He, um, okay. Nelson, he any rogue chance of Nelson left wing and Trossard? for me. Nah, with okay. Tross out, yeah. For me, I think the lineup's very straightforward for Sunday. Personally. I thought for what as well, I thought Havertz was fine. Um, like and like you said, once he kind of went up top, he looked really good as well. Um, but need to be seeing that uh, consistently, to be honest. Like not seen enough of that to deserve to start on Sunday, especially start, with what yeah. Vieira's been doing. Because even Vieira, he came on and uh, he kind of had that spark about him again and that intensity, which I personally didn't see last season. So. He looks um, very different yeah. from last season with that intensity. I think you're right. That's the main difference. I think it's done a world of good for him just settling into the new country. He's obviously, I think, best friends with Martinelli. He's rubbed off on him. Like yeah. they're, they're best friends. It's like I love that. I love, I love seeing the little cliques in the squad and who ends up being <laughs> friends with who. Right. Um, cool. So let's look at this. Was our lineup versus Everton. So just seeing what will change. So for the podcast listeners, we had um, Raya in goal, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Odegaard, Rice, Vieira, Saka, and Ketia Martinelli. I don't think Martinelli's been completely ruled out yet. He hasn't, no. Uh, <laughs> now, that concerns me because if he's not completely ruled out, it's like, surely you either start him or you just don't put him on the bench at all. Like, if if he's any kind of risk, why would you put him on the bench to sub on? Like, is uh, is I it like I agree just, with that? Like, we have so many players. Like, I think it's we... just more like if like he might just not be a hundred percent, but he could be like seventy, right? And it's like if you have, some but then surely you then don't risk him because a hamstring, right? Like, surely know. if someone's at seventy, you don't take the risk. Like, I don't. Like, it's either you're fit and you start, or you don't. In my opinion. In this with a hamstring, yeah. I mean, with a hamstring, because hamstrings yeah. can fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they can. I, uh, I think I'm just more like, it's like, what's the capacity of what they can tolerate, right? And it's like 90 minutes, sure, probably not, but 20, 15, sure, I, I think you can. Um, but yeah, so, I, then, for, so, so, then, so then for prediction, then we're saying 
do we put it right to keep his place? I, I think so. I think so, yeah. For, for me, I, I think the lineup is so straightforward. I think it's going to be Raya, White, Saliba, Gabriel Zinchenko, Rice, Odegaard, Vieira, um, Saka, Jesus, Trossard, for me personally. I think I'd probably tend to agree. Um, the only things I might say is small chance Martinelli starts. Maybe it's more hopium than anything else for me, but um, it's a very small chance he does start. But it's nice to see Trossard um, get his first start of the season. That That's shocking, isn't it? Like, like obviously, at the Champions League, like, he had uh, such a great sta- pre-season. I don't think he started. I, could have sworn he sta- I swear he started one earlier. Um, I don't think he started I... a single game this season. Really? Apart I'm... from the Champions League. No, I could have sworn he has. Because I remember he got... Maybe I've got it wrong completely. But I could have sworn he started one. And uh, he went off and he didn't look great. But I may have got that completely Oh, there wrong. was one way I want to say it was Fulham. Half-time. He got subbed at half-time, I think. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was the Fulham. one game he started. Yeah. He got subbed at half time. Who did he start instead of? Uh, in Ketia, I think. He played up front and then he got subbed at half time. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. And the reason I brought that up was because I remember constantly saying Trossard deserves to start, but I'm not sure where it comes. Trossard deserves deserves to start, but I'm not sure where it comes. And he um he started. <laughs> he didn't do very well in that game. He didn't look so, good. Uh, yeah, I it was nice. Yeah, it was nice that. That he, um, yeah, it was nice that he actually kind of started and delivered in this game. Because even against Everton, I said this, I didn't think he was actually good when he came on. I thought he was very sloppy on the ball, but he had the key action that, that defined key the moment, game. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so. But I think if Martinelli's not fit, like it's just like I'm pretty confident it's him who starts. There is an argument to be made that maybe Nelson could play there instead. But I just, I, I think there's an I, argument. I just don't think in a game of this magnitude. I don't think he's going to do it in this magnitude. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah you're, right. you're not going to see think... anyone that's not con- like significantly contributed this season get significant minutes in the North London derby. No chance, in my opinion. So I agree with your lineup. I'd say I'd stick to what you've said. My only question mark is, I think Havertz might still start. But let's Interesting. See. Okay. Yeah, I still that... think that's the only position I think that he might start. I just think it's that whole kind of helping him find confidence. And I think <laughs> this is like a home game, home crowd. This is where I, if that's the argument, I'm going to shit all over it. Because I think no, no, but, it's, our... but it's also the opponents. So for me, it's like yeah. this is the first team that's going to actually like come at us. Yeah, and true. I do wonder if someone with his running intelligence, like his just decision making of where to run, Maybe this is the game he can finally like yeah. announce himself to the Arsenal fans. Um, I really hope for his sake that he just bags a goal against Tottenham or something or the winner. I, I was hoping the same against United. I was hoping the same against Champions League. Um, I, I just need him to announce himself. So maybe it's no logic beyond just that Vieira now feels like he's worked his way into the fans' good books. I just want Havertz feels to me like the last player in our squad that is still like iffy by people's uh, perspectives. Yeah. And I like, I'd like us to back everyone and show everyone love, as Arteta said, like show him love and see what he can do. Yeah. So I just want him to do something that gets him the love from the people who maybe are hesitant on him so far. Yeah, I think that the reason I said like, I, okay, I was very harsh when I said shit on the idea. It's more like, I don't think Arteta lets sentiment dictate his thing because otherwise Ramsdale would have got the first start in the Champions That's true. League. 
as a keeper. Oh, God, bringing us back. Vieira though, yeah. started last week against Everton. So I think if there's any chance Havertz starts, it will only be tactical. I don't think it will be the kind of arm around the shoulder, like let him see what he can do for the home ground. I think it will only be so the tactical the, side what for me would be of if Jesus. they come at you. Yeah, so for me, it would be the idea of Jesus and Havertz linking up against a team that plays to our strength by running at us and trying yeah. to have possession. Because at the moment, like Vieira is fantastic too. And I've noticed that he says way more direct now. and He's really trying to make things happen. But I do wonder if he sees Vieira as someone who can change the game off the bench now. So okay. similar to how Trossard was that guy for him for a while, he'd always bring on Trossard in the end of last season. For Even example. though he started last week. Yeah, but I think that was almost like a... For me, it was like with Havertz, I feel like it was like a... I need to show that if you're not performing, you are not untouchable. Sure. So I feel like okay. he made that point now. And I reckon in training behind the scenes, Havertz will build on his performance in the second half on Wednesday and give Arteta a headache. But I think this is, So what I'm trying to get is, I don't think Vieira himself did so much with his start. No, His no. great performances were off the bench too. So it's almost yeah. like... I feel like neither of them are like a definitive starter. So That's it's almost like I'd a good question with, yeah. mark for us to have. Because 100%. now it's who trains best between Wednesday and Sunday. That's the one that will start. Yeah, I definitely agree that. Yeah, neither of them have kind of locked that down. But I just think with what I've seen so far and thinking how the game will go, I think... Because even Havertz, like, I take the point about his intelligent movement and stuff, but I've still not consistently seen the urgency and power in his movement for me to justify selecting him in this game. Yeah. Like, it's an uh, his, important game, yeah. His runs are, in my opinion, inconsistently intelligent, and that's not good enough so far. Mm. Um, I need to see more to justify that personally. Cool. Let's look at the opponent's line. Yeah, yeah let's look at the fucking know. scum. How do they line up? So they they a... look annoyingly good. Yeah, so you've got Vicario and got uh, Poro, Romero, Van der Ven, uh, Udogi, Saar and Basuma in the midfield. Kulusevsky, Madison, Solomon's son. Um, I do wonder I if Solomon might not start this game. I don't. I'm not sure Solomon will start this game. I I think Richardson might get back in. Okay. Um, and you think Son will I, go out wide? Then? I think yeah. I think Son will go out wide, and he will be asked to potentially help Poro or sure. Udogi. I, I don't know which side he's going to go on, but he's going to be asked to help one. No, it would definitely be on. It would definitely the be on the side, doggy right? side. Is that the Saka side, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was trying to figure out what, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I think he'd go on the doggy side on the left wing and then Richarlison up top. Um, th- th- that's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So that's this that's game. the main like, change. Yeah, I don't know yeah, anyone else yeah. I think they would change. But this game tactically, yeah, no, I agree. I think that will kind of be the team as well. And uh, Yeah, there'll only be one change, right? Like what you said, it will either be... Solomon and um, Son up top, or if it's not Solomon, Son will go out wide and Richarlison up top. Um, but I'm so intrigued by this game tactically because to give them their credit, they do look good. Um, they're playing nice football. They're controlling the ball a lot more than what they've been used to the last two years. But I can't shake this feeling of, if you look at us this season, all we've played in the league, forget PSV for a minute. All we've played are teams that have looked to camp, like park the bus. Even Man United, they literally were looking to like just hit us on the counter. And this Spurs team, I think, will come to play. And they'll have periods where I think they'll have the ball and it'll be a bit uncomfortable and stuff for us. But 
the fact that they're going to come and play us, I don't. Th- I think people are kind of underrating us now. Um, in terms of they think we we've can... not quite got an attacking flow, and yeah, yeah, and that's because of like we've had continuous low blocks against us. If this team comes out and plays us, and the way we press as well, I'm sorry, but like their keeper, he is suspect as fuck. Like Van der Ven, and uh, yeah, Van der Ven's very good defensively. I can't confess to watch them too much to know how good he is on the ball. Romero, I think he's a very rash guy. I think he's a good defender, but I think he's extremely overrated in Spurs circles. He's got a mistake in him consistently when he's under pressure. The doggy looks good, to be fair. But the way what they do, because they, they play like a 2-3, right? So they kind of invert mm. both fullbacks. And I just think, if you're telling me the three at times is Basuma, who is good, but I don't think he's this kind of untouchable press resistant Musa Dembele-esque midfielder and either side is Udogi and Poro and the way we press I think we can have some joy there and also if we do regain the ball I think they'll struggle to cope with our movement and the way we interplay our interplay in tight spaces and half spaces and the way we manipulate wide areas to get overloads is some of the best around and I don't think they've faced a challenge like us yet and like every game they've played has been, yeah, they've comfortably had the ball. They've not played a team that is consistently racking up 70 to 80% possession field till, which I know is causing so much shit on Twitter. But it's the, a like Spurs I love. have been the team with the possession against their opponents. So yeah. we're also about to face a team for the first time in the Premier League season that plays with the ball. Like I they want, want the ball. They want I to push want up the them pitch. To come and play, come and play. And I think we will fucking murder them in periods if they do. And like, they, when I say murder them, I mean like they will be like twitchy asses a hundred percent because they're not used to this. And they've cut, this is Spurs in a nutshell. They've got into their head. Like they're this world-class team now and they're untouchable. This is what they do all the time. We need to like, go and stamp on them and humble any, the shit out of them. any energy or positive sentiment that, that seeing them all after the match, arms linked, like going, um, pushing Richarlison to go see the crowd and get the fans love. Like, all of them acting like they're having a great time. Like, we need to fucking stamp on that good fucking and, mentality and crush them. We need to do what Man City have been doing to us. When Man <laughs> City saw us sprouting, they were like, They took a dump on it. Have you seen how KDB thinks about us at any given yeah, opportunity? Who's the best playmaker in the league? Bruno. I'm like, fuck yeah. off, bro. It's Odegaard. Um, so he hates us. And there's a reason. And we need to do this now. We need to be the next group that are like, wait a second. These Tottenham guys are. They're starting to sprout, you know. They're they're actually looking good. Um, someone needs to go and fucking crush their spirit. And that's and the I thing. Like, this, this is what <laughs> but like, they're I'm not looking taking, good. Yeah, I don't I'm want not taking away from growing. That. I don't want them to get too excited. I don't want them to get a big win, historic fucking day at the Emirates, and keep capitalizing on their momentum. Like, we need to crush their soul. We need to set yeah. them back another few months. That's what we need to do. Yeah, we need I to make them it's... doubt themselves. No, I, I think for me, it's not like there is that, but it's just fundamentally we're a better football team than them and we're further in our journey than them. Like, I don't, but that's why annoying. we need to crush them. That's what I mean. We need to be ruthless. Like, City did that to us, right? Over the yeah, years, but... that 5 0 at the start of the season, for a start, they never even attempted to like care. Like, they just every time they came and they were like, their players wanted to kill us. And I think yeah. we need our players I think, to feel that. I, I, yeah, I'm not quite there with that. I don't want this to become an emotional game. I want this to be a football game because tactically we're better than them. And this is what I'm trying to illustrate. They've not played a team 
as tactically switched on as we are. And I think I think there'll be periods where it's men v boys. I really do. Like I'm not saying that that kind of equates to a guaranteed result, but there will be large periods where they are overwhelmed by how we manipulate and move the ball with speed and intricacy. They've not played a team that can do that yet. And I think they're going to be in for a shock in periods where, because I, gen- I genuinely believe this group of players have kind of bought into how good they think they are, which they are. They're a good team. They're coached by a very good manager, but they're not the top team. They're not one of the top two in the country. And I think there'll be large periods where they get put in their place a bit. And I'm just hoping it equates to the actual result. So do you think they'll score? I guess that goes on to kind of like the score prediction because in the yeah. chat, we've got um, Marsh is saying, right. I'm we, pretty confident. Should we go into score. it? Score predictions? Yeah, let's do score predictions. Um, oh, good to see you, FPL manager, buddy. Ah, he's it's been a spurs, while, man. It, yeah, yeah, I know. It's been a while, Remy. man. How you doing, man? Remy, yeah. How have you been, buddy? I hope you have um, the shittest fucking day of your life on Sunday. We can be friends <laughs> on Monday, but until then, <laughs> until then, we're enemies. Um, I, I, yeah, so from I'll go first this time. Um, I think that there's two score lines that I'm thinking. So one is a 2-2, and that's like the worst case scenario for me, hopefully. that I, I don't, like I'd like to think that a draw is the worst case scenario, but it could be worse. <laughs> but um, best case, I think they come for us and they continue playing the free flowing attacking football. And as you say, like hopefully we can kind of show that we're a few more years into that process and we kind of have more there to play them at their own game. And in that scenario, I would go for like a free one. Okay. So I think it's one of those situations where the last game, season, right? I want to say, yeah. Like so I feel like the game is going to be like like one nil to them or one nil to us. One of us equalizes. One team goes two one up, and then it's ultimately going to be the team that went ahead either completely kills off, so us kills them off and goes to three one, or they get an equalizer and sucker punch us. So that's the way I'm seeing the game play out. It's kind of like yeah. It, once it's two one to us, do they draw? Or do we get one more? That that's how yeah. I'm predicting it, and I'm not sure. I think I'm gonna go for the three one because I'm biased. <laughs> my, my my brain says two two is realistic, but my heart says um three one. So what are you what are you going? What am I putting three on one, the spreadsheet? Three one, three one, yeah? three one. That's what my heart says. My head says two two. I just okay. feel like they are generally in a very good place. The fans are connected to the club. The players are playing well. They're playing attractive, exciting football. Like, this is the first time they've come to the Emirates in years where I feel like, oh, damn, like, these guys are actually it's balling not out. Be, yeah. yeah I, like, they're actually playing good football. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park. I just think over the course of 90, with added time, probably 98 minutes, um, the quality levels will show. Um, but yeah, it's annoyingly, I see a lot of similarities in them and us last season in terms of, the vibes around the club, like a manager that kind of gets what it means to manage your football club, um, the unity between supporters and uh, the players, um, watching attractive football. So, um, yeah, I can understand why they've got optimism and uh, enthusiasm with where they're headed. I just think there is still that element of they've not played a team that are as good as us and I feel like this is what I said recently right the kind of level level of control has been bubbling I said the fluidity was like a little bit off but it feels like we're purring and we're slowly clicking and um, 
I could think, yeah, I can see Sunday things just clicking disgustingly. One thing I do want to acknowledge, like, for like your first question was, um, do I think Spurs will score? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And uh, because they do have the ability to hurt us, I think that's the thing. Like, one thing I'm actually a bit nervous on is when they do go in their two threes. I think they have the ability, if they beat our press, to potentially overload us. And one thing I'm a bit nervous about is how we tend to kind of leap. We know how good he is, so we do it. But we leave Declan Rice on an island on his own. And I think if you've got like Saar, who is a very good runner, kind of going one side. And then you've got Madison, who's a good runner and ball progressor on the other I do worry about if someone like Madison picks up the ball in areas that could hurt us, like his final ball and decision-making is very good. Um, so I do think they'll score. But I, like I said, I think one thing that Arsenal fans will probably struggle to come to terms with is Spurs. Like, you know how when we played Brighton last season, it was very uncomfortable for us in large periods mm. because Brighton had the ball for a lot of times and they were moving us about. I think Spurs will have the ball in periods quite a lot. Whether they we have... won't be used to it, yeah. Like we'll be like, what's going on? Like they've got more yeah. possession than us at our ground. Whether like, whether they're effective consistently enough in what they can do with it because of how well structurally we're drilled is another question. But I think initial possession they'll have a lot of it. I just hope our press is spot on that we have them in areas where we want them to have it. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, I, I just think there's going to be periods in the game where we show absolute levels in terms of tactical superiority and the way we manipulate opposition structures, have overloads all over the pitch. And we, uh, yeah, I just think if they get caught in areas where they're uncomfortable and we've got triangles of Trossard, Vieira or Havertz um, and then Zinchenko kind of dictating things, We've got Saka, Odegaard, Ben White, underlapping, overlapping. You've got Jesus kind of moving everyone around. Like Romero and Van der Ven have not played a Gabriel Jesus-esque striker yet. He has the... And I just... Yeah, you he's can tell. He's a handful. He's, he's stressed. You do not want to deal with him. Like no. He just does not stop. Like you, I think you get five minutes from him, it will be the best five minutes of his life. It will yeah. be like... However, whatever he does, he will put his nine... That was another pod I heard to say that as well, yeah. Yeah, that's. But... I think they were saying it was a quote from our, um, from Pep originally. Right. Yeah, so I think that's what it was. It was Guardiola had said, like, because you remember he says the best pressing best centre pressing forward, in the, forward world. in the world, yeah. And the best defensive pressing centre forward in the world. So it's that idea that he just does not stop working. Like, he, he's just relentless with his work. Um, yeah. So I really, I'm, I'm so glad to see him back. Yeah. Man. Like, with just, all of that. ceiling razor. With all of that in mind. Uh, and yeah, if you're in the chat, let us know your uh, score predictions. I'm curious to see what Remy's is as the Spurs fan. Um, but uh, yeah, with that, all of that in mind, I'm going three two to the Arsenal. And um, I think it a lot of goals. Yeah, as much as we're going for control this season, I think Spurs do have the ability to hurt us. But I just think our our quality will shine through. I think that's fair. Um, so, so Remy does say he thinks Arsenal will get more chances, but Spurs will get a few too. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I if I was to warrant a guess, I think this is that type of game where we're going to concede like ten shots, like ten shots plus, like double digits. As so, long as they're outside I, of the box, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm praying for that our system makes them low quality positions to shoot from, but. I think they're going to get a lot of shots and a lot of possession. So this is going to be an interesting game. Um, so three one to the Arsenal. So Pontus has the same prediction as nice. me. Uh, Marsh says I want to see Martinelli come on 
and do his control with the back things again. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, and then we got the classic Clayton line. We will fucking what's murder the them. Classic Clayton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, what's the classic Clayton line? <laughs> fucking murder them. <laughs> to be fair, there was a sentence before that about like if they come and play and try to attack us. Um, I don't know. Like we don't think Ange will be pragmatic and try to I don't defend. So. I think he'll just play his way, like his style, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And... I don't. I don't see him changing that. No, me either. So yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I think there's no yeah, there's no point thinking about them parking the bus. I don't think that's what they're going to be doing. So, well, it's been a pleasure to see everyone. Um, we will see you for the review of the North London derby next week. That yeah. will be a big one. Um, I think we'll probably try to do it on the Monday if that works. But we'll we'll put a tweet out soon. Otherwise, thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the episode, please do hit that like button or subscribe if you're new to the channel. If you're listening on podcast. Um, you know, any review you leave on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else is hugely appreciated. Um, but yeah, otherwise, we will see you guys all next time. I'm a big weekend the... for the Arsenal. I'm literally so the game's two o'clock, and I'm gonna be in the area from nine thirty a.m. So fucking bring it on! Put these motherfuckers back in their box. Up the Arsenal! Come on! Up the Arsenal! We'll see you next time, guys. Peace.